I'm Alan, and my pronouns are they, them. I'm Kaylee, and my pronouns are she, her. And my name is Danielle. My pronouns are she, her, and you are listening to Target Snark It, a weekly podcast from Broad Digital Consulting. Welcome and bienvenue and welcome to another beautiful Tuesday, another episode of Target Snark It, a Gold Muse award-winning weekly broadcast by Broad Digital Consulting. I'm your guide on this journey through time and space, Kaylee. And I'm along with you on the ride, but obligated to be here, Alan. Unfortunately, Danielle is unable to make it onto today's episode. She had a great cousin give her this piece of jewelry that apparently really needed to make it to some sort of tall building. I don't know. There's apparently some sort of army, if you will, that doesn't want her to make, I think it's like a ring or something, doesn't want to make it to the building. So she's on a long, long journey. And we just hope that she makes it back to next week's episode. Sauron bless Danielle. (laughs) First of all, Avin, thank you for knowing exactly what I did. <laughs> the only reason I know it is because I married my wife and we have, <laughs> have you seen, uh, we have like TikToks or maybe it's Instagram reel. That's like Lord of the Rings night, popcorn salad. Mm-hmm. Like we make popcorn salad and watch Lord of the Rings so that I can catch up. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Now, thank you all for joining us here today. We want to talk this week about maybe a biblical response to climate change affecting festival goers this weekend. Uh, While celebrity magazines might try to tell you that the summer of 2023 was the summer of celebrity breakups, people with their eyes open and windows closed because of all that smoke created from multiple wildfires might more dub it as the summer of climate change rage. Hell yeah. And with that sweet, sweet rage, we had a climactic end to summer blowout at this year's Burning Man Festival, where almost 80,000 campers were left stranded in ankle deep mud for multiple days. And you might be asking yourself out loud as you're listening to us, self, why the hell are they talking about <laughs> Burning Man? And it's valid. Valid. We're doing Your something new. Valid. Yes. But. We here at Target Snarket always want to highlight how to do good with your business. And while this is an event that's ran by a business, which we'll dabble in a little later, it is the greed of keeping this event going on every year and having to be bigger and better than the last, affecting the overall goal of what Burning Man is supposed to stand for. Ooh. Shall we get into it? Hell yeah, brother. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about what happened last week, maybe two weeks ago now, Labor Day weekend and the week before. So starting on Sunday, August 27th, over 73,000 people descended into Black Rock Desert in Nevada for the annual nine-day-long festival that was set to end on Monday, September 4th, a.k.a. Labor Day. On Friday, September 1st, it began to rain. And it did not stop until the following evening on Saturday, and it rained up to 0.8 inches, which for the area is two to three months worth of rain for the desert, making the four square mile makeshift village to become a large ankle deep mud pit. Due to these conditions, the 73,000 burners had been left stranded at the as the event coordinators kept the gates closed to the location and told attendees to conserve on food and water until they were able to re- reopen the roads on Monday. 
by Monday, the back flood of people, as the ground began to dry enough for people to leave, the back flood of people caused this huge line that made it multiple days long to even exit the event. So you had celebrities like Diplo and Chris Rock document their experience on social media, hitching a ride on the back of uh, their like they're called mutant vehicles, but it's like a dune buggy, basically. <laughs> they're in the back of it. And uh, those attendees who tried to stay in order to light the ceremonial man structure, that happened on Tuesday the 5th. Uh, attendees finally left town with the last stragglers leaving Thursday. So only a few days from when we recorded this podcast. And the event coordinators now have to begin their three-week leave-no-trace-in-the-desert pickup. You know, because I think in the script you had that like Diplo and Chris Rock had to ride in the back of someone's pickup truck. And I was like, imagine it being like a story or a big deal for the ride <laughs> to ride in the back of someone's pickup truck. Like that's like my youth. But um, I think it does say a lot about some of the criticisms I'm hearing come out of the Burning Man debacle recently that it has become an event of immense privilege. Like it costs mm. a lot of money to attend um, and a lot of money to keep it safe and comfortable for everyone. And like, I literally just thought of this as I was talking, but like essentially it burns through resources for nine days. Mm -hmm. Like the Burning Man may as well be made of fucking cash. You know? Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, did you see that meme that was like, if you go to Burning Man, you're a divorced uncle named Shane or something, no matter who you are? <laughs> Made me laugh. Aerosol so and his uncle Shane. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Also ironic that literally the first celebrity I think of for Burning Man is Paris Hilton, who's also kind of like the deity of capitalism. No shit. I didn't know Paris Hilton went a burning man first of all it's like like after her reality show working on a farm and they were like oh can you imagine <laughs> simple life fuck yeah <laughs> oh my god but Paris Hilton's really fucking cool so I'm gonna backtrack on that so so let's dive into the history of burning man so we can get a better understanding of maybe how some of the things have had to change um starting with originally originally Burning Man was a big bonfire ritual that would happen on the summer solstice by sculptor Mary Gauberger. Uh, this was a friend of the future organizer Larry Harvey's girlfriend, Janet Lore, and she held these solstice bonfire gatherings on Baker Beach for several years before 1986, uh, some of which Harvey would attend in the future, or some of which Harvey attended. When Grauberger stopped organizing them. Larry Harvey picked up the torch, if you will, for Burning Man nice. uh, with uh, Garberger's permission and ran with it. In 1986, we get the first official Burning Man on Baker Beach in San Francisco. It's June 1986, so it's not the Labor Day nine-day ritual we think of now. It was a small ritual just on the beach. It only had 20 guests organized by Larry Harvey and Jerry James, who are kind of the two original founders that people still think of to this day. They burned an eight-foot wooden effigy who would then be called the Burning Man. So, like, this is like, it's like a a little solstice party that yeah. just got fucking huge. That is, like, so rad because, like, I think about, like, my friends and I for Samhain every year, which is, like, Irish 
it's Mm -hmm. the origination of Halloween for those who don't know. And we were doing it in Athlone, Ireland, and we called it Athlochella. And it was just like a Samhain party. (laughs) We called it Athlochella. And like, it would be like if Athlochella in fucking 30 years had 80,000 people. You know what I mean? We started with just like 15 of us. Basically, yeah. By 1988, so two years later, Harvey officially named the summer solstice ritual Burning Man with flyers for such of the happenings that were happening. Lovely sentence I just said. In 1991, one, Burning Man officially moved to Black Rock City, Nevada, where it's still located to this day. In 1995, the event started to host a central theme every year, which represented the year's burn. Uh, So this first year, it would have been good and evil. This past 2023 was called Animalia, which was about animals real and um, real and imaginary. But I also think that's kind of interesting based off kind of what happened there. We can get to it later. (laughs) In 1996, due to the increased need for structure and planning, uh, because it was that year's event, 1996 year's event was kind of a lot, uh, they officially created Burning Man 97 LLC, a for-profit limited liability company to form to run the next year's event. And having ran events or worked on teams that ran events even in college, liability that could happen when a bunch of people are hot and sweaty in the heat with little to no structures for shade with a giant burning effigy i could see a couple liabilities that we might want to cover (laughs) which i talk about later too i I, i'll talk about this later but the healthcare involved with burning man um it's really fucking interesting i can only imagine yeah because you don't need i would have to assume playa lung isn't even included in that what did you say? So playa lung for people oh. <laughs> uh, because it where they host the event is a dried out lake bed. So when it's not rainy and the dust is picking up, you see a lot of people wearing masks because the dust can get into your lungs and people can get super sick that way. Oh, my God. I did not know that. I'm mm-hmm. learning so much. <laughs> Uh, In 1997, after having their permit for BlackRock denied for the year, they uh, hosted their first event under the new LC in Fly Ranch, uh, still in Nevada, another dried lake bed that the business now owns and still hosts event. They they host the LAGI event, L-A-G-I. It's Land Art Generator Initiative Design Challenge. They still host that to this day in Fly Rock. So they're now hosting multiple events, this LLC. Okay. By the year 2000, more than 25,000 campers are starting to attend every year. In 2001, BlackRock LLC begins releasing the Afterburn Report. Uh, They used to be meeting annually at the end of the year in San Francisco in like December to discuss what the previous burn had accomplished, uh, and they would listen to complaints, questions, and ideas. And after feeling as though that the meeting's times were too short and there wasn't enough time to kind of share what was going on, they started creating a little digital report annually that you can still go to their website and see how every year has done stuff differently. Um, And it also includes the finances, which is really interesting. It's all upfront on their website. Transparent. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, So they developed the 
report that provides Burning Man participants, the media, and the public at large an up-to-date overview of the Burning Man project, as well as the Black Rock City operations, the objectives and obstacles they are encountering. In 2011, they officially create the Burning Man Project, uh, formed as a California 501c3 or a nonprofit unincorporated association in the state of California. This is now going to be the umbrella for all of Burning Man events, things, businesses. So you have the LLC, but then they create a nonprofit above it. I don't even, I don't know that I've ever even heard of that being a thing and then they run burning man out of black rock llc and then the burning man project houses lots of different exactly they host black rock llc there's actually i wish i had it there's a whole umbrella there's about four to five different llcs that they run all of those llcs do run their own specific events um but they are all uh, housed under the burning man project wow i don't know how that works because you have a nonprofit, but then you have a bunch of for profits. For profit, yeah, nonprofits running a for profit. I'm not entirely sure how that works. Oh. Uh, in 2013, they officially added the BlackRock LLC to the subsidiary of the nonprofit. This was a- extremely controversial amongst the founders of Burning Man. Just to highlight, so they were like, "Hmm," they were just like us. How is this? Yeah, like what what are we doing here? And yeah. also note that's only 10 years ago that mm-hmm. all of this had happened now. In 2014, we officially get the largest burning man. The effigy was 105 feet tall. They would uh, recreate this in 2017, but that event ended unfortunately in tragedy. So there are now restrictions on how high the effigy can go. Yeah, so these are the years that Jordan, my wife, went 2013 to like 2017. And then did she go to 2017? Mm-hmm. Or they went to 2017? Oh yeah. my gosh. And they saw it. Yeah. And <sighs> um and then it was after that year that they haven't been back since. They were like, I need a break. I need a break from yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, in 2017, it was a pretty I remember seeing it in the news, I think. Unfortunately, a camper threw themselves into the effigy. That has to be so traumatic for everyone who witnessed it and the people who knew the camper, but that caused the restriction. And again, that is a huge liability to the company that is running this event. Yeah. Yep. In 2018, we were getting larger crowds and officially starting that smaller monument. Now we get into 2020. There is no in-person event during COVID. The in-person event was canceled due to the pandemic, but about half a million people took part online for a burn week Zoom edition. Did they like take their money anywhere? Did they refund them? Did they have to no. pay money for burn week? <laughs> I was like, that would suck. Oh, I actually have no idea. People had to have been refunded. Yeah. But also when we talk about this a little later, I go into pricing for things. Most of the cost isn't coming from tickets. It's from everything else. Oh, interesting, because I thought everything, because there's like no, one of their values is no commodification, which Mm -hmm. is fucking interesting, which we'll talk about later. Um, So where's their money coming from if it's not like food and drinks and... You have like parking spots that you're able to pick up. You have your permits. It's It kind of nickel and dimes you. Okay. Okay. That's if you, it's it's a little bit similar to my past experience at and I'll 
I'll call them out right fucking now. Bush Gardens in Tampa. <laughs> I wasn't expecting but, that. I was like, Coachella. You get, no. Nope. Fucking Bush Gardens. Not worth it. It's like you have your ticket cost, but then you get there and you have to pay for parking. And then you get, and then once you're in the park, you have to pay to put your backpack in a locker because you can't have a bag. And it's like nickel and dime everywhere. And then you ended up spending like $500. No. I mean, Jordan was saying it's really expensive. You have to get the ticket, first of all. And then you have mm-hmm. to get an RV or a camper or something. You have exactly. To bring in all of your food, all of your drinks or whatever. And I was like, oh, well, but I mean, like, no commodification. That's that's kind of rad because you go around and people will just offer you food and drink if you need mm-hmm. it. But it sounds like, oh, parking permits, like they are doing it elsewhere. And exactly. Also, now knowing that they're an LLC is making me rethink some of the things I have planned to say later about the commodification value. And again, they've been an LLC since, let me scroll back in my notes, 1997. They have been an LLC. So for a long time, this business has been running it. They've only been running under the Burning Man project for the last 10 in 2021, there wasn't an official burn because of, I mean, summer 2021 was still very much COVID regardless yeah. of people were acting. So yeah. they had what was called a renegade burn. So think about this. There's no event. There's no tickets to sell. Over 20,000 campers stayed in the playa and hosted their own renegade burn by like buying camping passes. So they still hosted on the unofficial event in the land. And instead of creating an effigy, they used burning bowls for smaller effigies. Um, So it was a lot more ritualistic, I would have to assume. And the larger structure was not allowed to take place. Was this done unofficially? So it wasn't done Mm -hmm. through... This was done completely by campers, not by the project. Um, And then in 2022, the event went on like normal. And then we had last weekend. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to kind of look into like, what is Burning Man? What does it represent for people? Because it means a lot to so Mm -hmm. many people. And there's a reason it got huge. I think what's interesting is I thought this was a lot older than it is. Um, To be honest, I didn't know it started really picking up in the year 2000. I had like presumed it was something like from the 60s. I know its origin is in the 60s, but it's like, as we know it, it really starts at the, at the new millennium. Um, but anyway, it's a it's a it's not like a festival in the sense that there's music. There is music, but it's more like a countercultural arts mm-hmm. event. Um, and in its essence, I think that's really cool. Like there are ex- eccentric displays of art, expression, fantastical like arty vehicles, like you're talking about metallic sculptures, like whatever people can dream up is welcome there and also it has this like hedonistic aspect or freeing aspect of like sex nudity Mm -hmm. drug use like i also think that stuff is cool in moderation obviously and safely fucking rad (laughs) sensually yeah exactly um and its core values i looked these up and and then jordan called it something it's like the 10 something man like Mm -hmm. i was like yeah all these values are cool and they were like yeah the 10 
the 10 principles, <laughs> 10 principles, man, <laughs> bro. And um, it's things like radical inclusion. Everybody's welcome. Gifting. The entire um, like economics, if you can call it that, is based on gifting there. It's like some people go and just make food the whole time, but they don't charge for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and trade and things like that. Really, really neat stuff. Radical self-reliance, self-expression, communal effort, which a lot of the stories that Jordan has told me, like people really do stick to these things. Um Leaving No Trace, the organization is actually quite good about it, which I'll talk about later when we discuss the climate crisis. Participation, civic responsibility, these are all like gorgeous concepts, you know. And um, Jordan and I have been having like quite a few discussions this week because I've always had mixed feelings about the event. Personally, I don't know about you, Kaylee. Like, it's like it sounds really cool, but anyone I knew who went... Like they, they were never my favorite people until I met my favorite person. You know what I mean? I was always like, yeah, but do I want to do anything with you? I don't know. <laughs> like I'm talking shit. I about have a huge group of the people. same <laughs> for Burning Man for you was um what is that stupid like <laughs> punk rock one that happened Warped Tour. Seamus used to go to Warped Tour all the time. So I went to Warped Tour. <laughs> I'm like. Yeah, not the people I don't I don't love the people that go to Warp Tour. And then there's you and Seamus, like some of my favorite fucking people. I'm like, I guess I would have liked it there. <laughs> I know, I know it too. And and I think when we were doing research for this podcast, I was so surprised by so much. Um because mm-hmm. I was reading the news, obviously, and I was like a little self righteous and like shitty about it, you know. I'm like, oh wow, hmm. But um, you know, something about how much it cost the time required like what it actually was versus what I'm learning it may have started out as or its values and you know like that juxtaposition like Mm. I've always been way too broke to even consider it you know and Jordan's like a little torn about it too saying like it was awful often beautiful and wonderful in the ways that people seem to drop all the mean bullshit of the world when they show up there and truly take care of one another and find a playful spirit, like how good the care was. But they also understand that like there's something to be said for rich people going into mm-hmm. the desert to basically like pretend they're not rich for 10 days, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, the whole price point is however comfortable you want to be in the middle of the desert. <laughs> Right. right. If right. you if you are fine with a sleeping bag in the desert, it is not that costly to go to Burning Man. <laughs> but if you want food, water, shelter, like any if you want to go stay in a hotel and be able to buggy in, that all costs a lot of money. Oh my god. No. Okay. I thought my shirt was inside out for a minute. Oh Sorry. my god. I thought you were gonna say I thought my shirt was off for a minute. And I was like, <laughs> I would have fucking told you. I would have said something. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so back to like the kind of perp- like I've heard some amazing stories come out of Burning Man, mm-hmm. like the medical care being outstanding and free and people who drop everything like an 80 year old who goes and sets up a tent and says free life advice and you can just walk in and talk to this 80 year old oh. like, you know, and kids running around like wild banshees, people tapping into like 
the spirit they haven't felt since childhood, sharing food and resources, staying up all night looking at the stars, like almost a utopia of what we wish our current world was like outside of capitalism, like getting to unplug and experiencing that for like nine days or whatever. And as someone who feels so bogged down currently by the world and what's going on, like I want to go live there. But then again, like there's law enforcement there, which shocked me. And like they'll ticket you if you pee on the playa. But I'm like, basically, I'm getting whiplash about how I feel about Burning Man, you know? I mean, the law enforcement, you are hosting an event in the middle of like a state national sanctuary area. I don't know if it's like a national park or however you would describe it, but I get it because you're hosting a little thing in a bigger thing. Um, I also know, I actually know someone who does the whole festival circuit as security and like event coordinating. And they used to volunteer to do security, or I think they volunteered at the gate for Burning Man a couple of times. Uh, Shout out to Sabella. I haven't talked to you in like 20 years, but I still think of you and I still follow you on Instagram. (laughs) If you're listening, hey. If you're listening to this corporate (laughs) podcast for some reason. (laughs) shout out (laughs) i think that goes into we want to i wanted to highlight just like the changes of the event over the last few years and really kind of the big things that could have caused what is now a biblical response right i think the three main things are attendance cost and um who's running the event so first off with the number of attendants We talked about it before at max in 86, the most number of attendees that were probably there at one time is 35, but it's mostly recorded 20 people. By 2001, there were officially 25,000 burners making it to the desert. So in a little less than 20 years in 2010, the crowd doubled. So from 2001 to 2010, it went from 25,000 burners to 51,000 burners in 2014, we officially got to 66,000 campers who watched the 105-foot man burn. In 2019, right before COVID, we hit the peak, which was 79,000 attendees. I believe that's about similar to what we saw this year, though. So those that's, so that's the... Many. Yeah. for And also for it to go from 2019 to 2023 with that huge dip of no events happening for two years, and it's back up to 79,000 is kind of insane. Yeah. And I just wanted to add to that. I was looking at the diversity numbers for Burning Man and it is like somewhere around 80% white. Yeah. But it they are, if you do look at diversity, like it is growing, but mm-hmm. I wonder like in proportion to the numbers or whatever, like their diversity efforts are growing. They do have, and we'll talk about this with regard to cost, but I do think they have some low income options. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was just thinking about like, you know, marginalized folks, like, again, I've never been able to afford it. Um, But then also when we were discussing law enforcement, like not a great relationship with marginalized identities too. So really interesting. And in, if you go into town, you're still in rural Nevada. You are in a desert town in Nevada. It's not okay. the most diverse or friendly areas. They're actually pretty hardcore out there. Um, so going perfectly into the cost, 
we have a couple listeners who are burners, so I don't want to make it sound like it's like Coachella where you're spending $10,000 and getting a VIP tent, yeah. whatever. It's not like that. Um, the cost of, to attend Burning Man varies greatly. CNBC estimated the total cost of attending could range from 1300 to a camp in a tent to about 20000 if you're glamping. Um, so it could be as little as 1300 in order to go. That would include transportation, food, camping fees, and costumes and gifts. Again, another thing that adds to the cost if you want to look your best in a cool-ass costume, if you want to present people with things, or if you want to be the 80-year-old woman who sets up a tent, you got to be able to get the tent there. Mm-hmm. So main sale tickets could run for $425. Not really that bad. Late registration could go to five fifty. Uh, children do attend for free, and there are low income ticket programs um, where you can purchase a ticket if you get approved. They're two hundred and ten dollars. Okay, that doesn't include food, gifts, your outfit. Also, there is a one hundred dollar vehicle pass. Uh, there's transportation costs to get there by bus, plane, plane tickets in. Labor Day weekend could go into the thousands pretty quickly. Um, and if you fly on your own private plane, because you might be a Kardashian, or no, they would never be in the playa. Um, <laughs> I didn't think I'd see Chris Rock out there, but there he was. But that could cost up to 14000 <laughs> And you're flying into Reno, which isn't the biggest airport in Nevada. So again, a little extra costly, especially if you are coming in from a place that isn't a major hub. Then on top of that, if you're looking to stay in an RV, that can cost up to $8,000 for the week. So that's something to think about. And then one thing is that Rain Dozier, who is a 57-year-old sociologist, uh, attended the event several times, including in 2021 during the official burn. And one thing she mentioned during the unofficial burn is she saw a lot of first-timers who attended in 2021 during the renegade burn because they hadn't been able to afford it previously. And it was free or just camping costs if you wanted to get there. And she also mentioned that she thinks that the cost of entry is a really big barrier for some minorities going just because even the entry cost of $500, it is a lot in order, like $500 is a lot. Um, So while they have the ticket aid program for low income folks, it, you have to be able to apply for it. I'm sure it might be more limited than the ticket purchases, but it it is costly to attend, be at the comfort level you want, yeah, um, and physically get to the middle of nowhere. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then, lastly, we have the biggest changes being who's running the event. So as we highlighted in the past, it was started by Larry and Jerry and also the the members of the Cacophony Society in San Francisco, an American organization that were described as a randomly gathered network of free spirits united in the pursuit of experiences beyond the pale of mainstream society. Wow, that's poetic. So poetic. It was made up of the defunct group called the Suicide Club, I think it was called, something to that extent, or Suicide Society. But anyway, it was these group of folks. Also, shout out to the times where just there were societies for everything. 
Right. You could no. join. It was like college. There was a club you could join. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then after 1996, they officially formed the BlackRock LLC. Uh, in, 20, in 2011, they developed the Burning Man Foundation, which by 2013 would house BlackRock LLC and their future for-profit businesses that were subsidiaries to the foundation. Those have been the major changes over the years is really just price attendance and then who's running it, which makes sense because the more people that attend, the more money you have to put into it, especially just for cleanup efforts. I mean, you might talk about it in our next section, but they have like a six foot fence wall that's just for things that might blow away in the playa to mm-hmm. keep from the to help with their no trace but all of that does cost money in order to run the event itself yeah i'd be so interested to understand this journey from the llc to the nonprofit to the subsidiaries um because you know you know they were making these decisions for a reason and i would love to research more at some point like what those decisions were and why why they happened you know what i mean because mm-hmm. it is a massive event that generates a ton of money i think you had something like four point forty six point two million dollars in revenue and mm-hmm. like but also so much of that goes into the event itself i mean imagine paying people to organize the medical assistance the like the leave no trace which i will talk about which is really extensive like and they have a really good track record with it like that costs money so how much of it i mean when they say revenue is that like pure revenue or how much of that is going back into next year for example so yes the big thing on everybody's mind this year is the climate crisis right like we've i've seen a lot of the criticism on burning man's effect on the it it being on the immediate environment where the event is held but my Mm -hmm. research has shown that like maybe a lot of that is undue um though i am like really new to the subject obviously so i just want to say that but it sounds like burning man again has a really excellent leave no trace record and they also they do things like make sure to recontour the playa each each year which i can imagine is no small feat and like jordan was saying that they will comb the desert for trash and also, like, keep track of camps where there was a lot of trash and maybe not let them reapply for a permit if it's wow. too much the next year. Like, they have tons of data on this, and it is a major part of um, the organization's mission. Um, How do they determine that? I, I think it's technology. Like, I, Jordan was saying that they've seen these, like, these things combing the desert and like picking up the trash and stuff. And like, I mean, I think that's really good. I'm I'm picturing space balls combing the desert. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm like envisioning like this comb, like a fucking flea comb or something. You know what I mean? Like, have you never seen space balls? No. Is that a, Oh my God. There's literally a scene where they tell them to comb the desert and they're going through on buggies like two buggies are holding a giant comb and combing the desert. Oh my god, that's exactly it. <laughs> I have this vision of like irrigation. I don't anyway, you don't need to know what's in my head, but I need to watch space balls apparently. Um but yeah, so what is more the issue 
is like how possible it will be to hold the event as climate change ramps up, like be that unsafe high temperatures, monsoons that unexpectedly hang out over the area and dump an inch of rain. And what remains to be seen is like how well they'll be able to leave no trace after that sort of thing happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Ironically, there were climate protesters uh, this year that caused a like backup or a mess for burners trying to get into the event. Event. like a lot of them were pissed off and then mother nature was like but the protesters are gonna write though like yeah <laughs> my right listen to them <laughs> but, like i mean like kind of right though but apparently the protesters weren't protesting that burning man is bad for the environment they were protesting that burners are complacent to the crisis outside of the event like Okay. In my opinion, it's pretty fair, right? Like, you know, because a lot of people are attending with expendable income. People are taking private jets to get to Burning Man, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and then look what happens. There aren't hybrid RVs to get out there. Yes, exactly. And when you have 79,000 RVs going into a desert that usually houses maybe 500 people during the year, it's not great for the ecosystem. It's not great for the the ecosystem. But like by the same token, like my research seems to point to that this organization is really fucking awesome. Not perfect by any means, mm-hmm. but doing really great shit. And there's like a part of me that's like, are we not supposed to have any joy? Any events? Like any trial and error attempts at escaping the pain of what's going on in the world, right? Like I think I got to this point where I was like, there's a ton of criticism and discussions to be had here. Honestly, like low income stuff, people with money, private jets Mm -hmm. getting there, et cetera. But it does seem like the transparency and the efforts and the mission and values of the organization are really good and they're sticking with them pretty well. So again, I'm like, how do I feel about this? Because it does bring so much joy and light to so many people. And it kind of makes me like of all of the bad organizations in the world, like why are we picking on Burning Man right now? You know? Yeah. I think a lot of people wanted to get excited about Burning Man because when you think of it, you picture billionaires out there and I think Elon Musk even attended one year but that's who you're picturing so I think I I saw a meme where it was like oh there's so much water in the playa and then it was just like words going how much water and the next thing was orcas (laughs) (laughs) I know I don't think like that many people that attend are, I I would have to honestly assume that the people and maybe Jordan or a burner of the 2023 can uh, fix or tell us otherwise in our comments below, but it just seems like they might be more of a minority than people picture. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, but that being said, the land itself is a hosting this huge event every year. And no matter how many times they clean up after themselves and are potentially making the event itself more sustainable, like the land, first of all, is a dried lake bed. So it's not used to having any people in it. 
the animals are probably being affected really badly by these as well. And I can't imagine, I mean, I don't know, a huge fire in the desert could cause a fire anywhere else. I, having grown up in Vegas, I immediately, and also Las Vegas just got hit with a huge hurricane few, very few weeks before this event happened as well. So Nevada got hit with more rain than it has in like, usually gets in like a year or two. And having grown up in Nevada, I can tell you it takes a long time for the rain to even get into the ground. And then it creates like cement because we're not talking about soil or like trees or any grass that can soak this stuff up. It's mud. Like it is cement in order to get out of there. And if you live in Arizona, New Mexico, even like southwest Colorado, I would say probably gets this a lot when it rains you there it's all over the place and it floods so easily so like driving's a mess as well whether you're in the dirt getting stuck or if you're on the road you can just slide all over the place because it's not getting soaked in by the road it's and mind you the odds of it raining in early september are low but maybe it's maybe it doesn't have to be one huge event Maybe it's something where you can create more sustainable, smaller events throughout the country. Or may, is that worse? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think you make a really good point because I know that they move the event around. It's not in the same spot in the playa every year. Like they move it around in order to keep shit cycled. But by the same token, I can't imagine how 80,000 people a year entering a space, like you said, where it's not used to it can be good or sustainable. Mm -hmm. So it's like at a certain point, does Burning Man need to be something else in order for it to be in alignment with their own values? And we talk about this with businesses all the freaking time. Mm -hmm. Like we talk about this all the time. And it goes back to kind of your initial like thesis, I guess, or whatever you said at the beginning, which is like, at what point is what's the breaking point for this event for this business where um things are getting gorged that's a disgusting <laughs> regret regret but <laughs> I was thinking of like something, it's almost like I was thinking about a sponge, like getting too much water. I'm not helping myself, but like, yeah, what, at what time is, what, what point is this beyond? Like, hey, to listeners of this episode, guess which one of us it's first thing in the morning and which one it is the late afternoon. <laughs> Help me, Rhonda. No, I think babe. like. And we talked about, I feel like we talked about this maybe with Rod or may, I don't know, maybe this is a thought I had in my own head who everything is, everything is mush, but it seems like businesses every year, rather than just hitting good goals, we always have to be bigger and better. And we have to hit, we have to increase. You have to do better than last year, mm -hmm. but it's like, do you need that whole increase. You're not a small business that's hoping to scale up into whatever you're comfortable in. And with this event, it's like, does it need to be bigger and crazier every year? Is that, what's the point? Like, what's the yeah. point of the event? And we, I think we had a client this week that I said this, like, focus on the point of the event. 
mm-hmm. and then build it around it. Like, are yeah. we doing Burning Man just because it's cyclical and we have to put it on every year? Or are we stopping and thinking about, okay, what was the point? And like, how did we reach that goal from it? Yeah. Are we in, in, in alignment? And if not, how do we like move? And I mean, we did talk a little bit about this with Rod. And I think it's this question of like, we live in this capitalistic framework, which is like more and more and more at the expense of other people, the environment, mm-hmm. et cetera. Like that is the premise with which this is built. And how do we operate within it in a framework that doesn't leave <laughs> like can't I I'm pausing here because like to me you can't but mm-hmm. we're doing harm reduction here right and like that's the question is like you have Burning Man which at its core began and is trying to operate in pretty anti-capitalist structure like they're mm-hmm. that's the, what they're attempting to do and yet they are still at the mercy of how our society and how our world operates. And it's really a matter of like, at what point does the scale tip and all of a sudden Burning Man is no longer what it means to be and what it should be to people. Um, And it's more become this bigger, better expense of other people making lots of money, serving the rich, serving the, the majority. Does that make sense? I think so. Hell yeah. (laughs) So that's our episode for today. Thank you for listening in to another episode of Target Snark It. Make sure you like today's episode and click and subscribe so you can be the first to know when our new episodes are live. Uh, If you liked our antics, if you want to complain about today's episode, if you have a fun story from a past Burning Man, Jordan, we want to hear it. <laughs> we have, or you have any opinions on how the event should evolve, please, oh, please head over to our YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, or LinkedIn, where you can follow us for more content and add in your two cents in the comments about today's episode. Yay. Okay. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Target Snark It, a weekly podcast brought to you by Broad Digital Consulting. Our podcast is hosted by Danielle Bilbrook, Kaylee Myers, and Alan Connolly, and produced by Margot Gill. You can always learn more about Broad Digital Consulting on our website, broad.digital. That's B-R-O-A-D dot digital. Or you can find us on social media using the handle at Target Snark It. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And if you're feeling so inclined, we'd love for you to review our pod if you like what you're hearing. 